I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in what is now the official satellite branch. She owns it, y'all. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah, I'm a homeowner. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> Does it make you feel like a grown-up? Um, it makes me feel inadequate for grown-up C. Well, um, it's not, yeah. It's same as it ever was then. Friends, this is episode 257 <laughs> of the Geek Down Podcast. If you want to listen to any of our other 256 episodes, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Look up the Geek Down Podcast. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, high five, shoulder pat, star. whatever. <laughs> Gold star. And henceforth... New episodes of this program will be brought to your device every week. You don't have to do anything, and that's something we are very thankful for. It's your man's... Dr. Chauncey Frostilkis III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Put some respect on his name, girl. He's going to drop these episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else. That's it. That's it. He's going to do all the work. All the work. If you would also like to thank Chauncey on this day of thanks here in Canada, you can head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show lives on the social meds. Let us know what you're thankful for. And if you're so thankful for this program, you would like to support it financially, we thank you. We discourage it, but we thank you. You can head on over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Toss three bucks in the old tip jar. So I can get a pumpkin spice something? So we can all get a pumpkin spice something. It's delicious. Because we're both basic bitches. That's right, I'm a basic bitch. And it's fine, and it's delicious. And there's nothing wrong with fairy lights and vanilla-scented candles. The fairy light thing never makes it into... I feel like that's a very specific Caitlin McKinnon form of basic bitches. <laughs> I never hear mention oh, of fairy lights when people are talking no. about about basicness. Oh, it's pretty... It's, it, it's basic. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a vein of basic, but it's basic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not live, laugh, love basic. <laughs> You're fairy light basic, though? But I'm fairy light basic. I'm like, I, for a long time, had too much Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Like, that kind of basic. Friends, as said a moment ago, this is Thanksgiving here in Canada as we are recording. As you may know, as has been brought up on the show before, your man's has a, um, what would you call it, a dietitian, someone kind of, Helped him eat a little better, maybe shed a little weight, and uh, gave him hit, hit him up with a little a little app to track his food with. It's good. I don't mind mm-hmm. it. I like it. We've talked about it before. I treat it like a video game, which I'm sure is not great, but oh no, uh, no, gamify your life. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> it's like well, came in under calories. All I ate today was like 47 rice cakes and chocolate milk, but but I came in <laughs> under calories. Um, okay, I'm pretty sure that's exactly some of the stuff she just she was discouraging. Unless, of course, you air fried those rice cakes. <laughs> All that is to say, because it is Thanksgiving weekend, if Dr. Linda ever looks at my tracking, it will just be, uh, this is like fear and loathing in Toronto right now. It's just my lost weekend. Like, it's just, Jordan, you didn't lock anything for uh, that, that weekend. Nope, sure didn't. 
What would be the point? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to know that I've eaten way too much food this weekend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you to tell Not me. Not a thing. I don't need nope. you to tell me that the Thanksgiving dinner sandwich at the Liberty Commons here in Toronto was from a health perspective, not the best thing. From a tongue perspective, it was the only proper choice. Kate, let me tell you about the Thanksgiving sandwich at Liberty Commons here in Toronto. It's turkey. Okay. It's turkey. Yeah. It's veg. It's stuffing. Smashed between two Yorkshire puddings. <gasps> and it comes with a can of gravy. Just drizzle on over that. Yorkshire gravy, just drizzle on over. A few potatoes to the side. Yeah, girl. That's the sound you should make. That is the sound you should I, make. I see I was not expecting those Yorkshire puddings. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going fine. I gotta have the stuffing. And you hit me with the Yorkshire puddings. Oof. I wasn't prepared for the Yorkshire puddings. I don't think someone cute was prepared for the Yorkshire puddings. She's like, I don't even know Yorkshire what that puddings are one are like one of the they are a delicacy as far as I'm concerned. They are up there with some of like the best foods of the world. I mean it's hard to fuck up bread, but it's also hard to elevate bread and you know what? It's like Yorkshire puddings, croissants, it's, some it, of that halla. I can get in on halla. It's like a saltier, buttier croissant. It was just, it was fan, yeah. fan for fantastic. And then we capped it off with a pumpkin meringue pie. Oh God! Oh, oh. God! They were, do, oh. they were doing it right. Sorry, Doctor Linda, you ain't never gonna hear about any of this. Maybe she listens to the podcast. I don't think she should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know. I'm always surprised when certain people in my life are like, yeah, this is such and such a thing. And I'm like, oh, we talked about that on the podcast. They're like, yeah, no, I, that's yeah. I heard it. Shouts like, the- oh, listen. Oh, wow. I'm really glad I didn't talk about you. Shouts to all the people who know us in real life and listen to the podcast far more than they actually correspond with us. Sometimes out of nowhere, someone I haven't talked to in a really long time will just hit me up with like, blah, 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 this thing you talked about on the podcast. So it's like, oh, you still listen. That's, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Also, I appreciate that. I hope you're well, and we should hang out more. Um, <laughs> how was your How was your Thanksgiving weekend? You were, You told me You told me off mic last week when I tried to schedule yeah. in the scheduling chat that uh, I was like, "What are you doing for Thanksgiving?" I know you might probably have stuff going on. I've got this day and this day, and Kate was like, "I ain't doing shit." <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do anything, and I think some people were concerned in my life. <laughs> Um, because I'm usually, I'm a big, you know, Thanksgiving fan and I believe I did something. Oh, we didn't do anything last year cause we were on lockdown, but right. like I was, we were, you know, we were prepared to do something and, uh, you know, I corresponded with my family a little bit more. And I think the, the idea was that like, since we're not under lockdown and, and some of the people we spend Thanksgiving with would are, are in our current bubble that I would be there. And I was like, um, no, <laughs> I'm not going to. I am really tired. Um, I sometimes people forget I have endometriosis. I still have endometriosis. It it's exhausting, um, and also it's just been really crazy at work and having a house and sort of trying to finish or do a project every weekend. Not just cleaning, but like we have to fix this window or the sink or schedule. I don't know. The the cleaning of filters, like, you know, there's just always something. Um, so it's just been very tiring. So I just went, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm uh, you know, senior correspondent Chris and I hung out on Saturday. We didn't do anything. It was great. And then yesterday he went off to his family and I just hung out. And it was great. I baked a bunch. 
Nice. Which is awesome. You are, I, I, you are coming out here next week. I need some of them baked goods. No, I don't. Fuck. Don't, I, don't, don't I talk to Linda. Invented, invented, I think, <laughs> kind of, oh, uh, savory cucumber bread. It's fucking delicious. Huh. I had some cucumber I had to use up. And it was like past the crispiness stage. Like mm. it wasn't bad, yeah. but it was just a little too a little soft, wet. a little mush, a little soft. So I invented uh, savory cucumber bread and dill bread, and it was it's so good. Dill bread, and we know how much I love dill. Um, and I also made some banana bread, and that's what I like to do when I like to relax. I like to bake and be like extra domestic. Um, and then today we did a bunch of gardening, uh, which I lost track of time because I was just needed to get that edging done. You know, you gotta have those edges <laughs> in, in so many ways. You got to make sure your edges are right. I smiled at a lot of the elderly people in the neighborhood. I waved to some neighbors. I talked to one of them. I've never talked to before. Oh my God. It's just the, the, the small town domesticity is just disgusting. Yeah, and 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 awesome. Uh, so yeah, so that was my weekend. I just chilled, and it was great. I did, I mean, I did miss seeing people because I I do like the people I would have seen, but I also really needed the the time to just be at home, enjoy owning a house by being in it, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good times. Didn't have a fancy fucking sandwich, <laughs> but the people who. Um, Chris's family very, very kindly made a bunch of dairy-free stuff for me and sent it home with them, oh, nice. which was beyond kind because I, I didn't go. Um, so, yeah, I've got that to look forward to tonight. I'm yeah, pretty, pretty happy for that. I, uh, in addition to Fancy Sandwich, I just had an overall wonderful uh, weekend with uh, someone cute. It was nice. Um, when you're, like, happy, lame shit just kind of makes you happy, too. So, like, we went to a mall. It was great. <laughs> we went window shopping. I got cake out of a vending machine. It was great. See, I, more vending machines. Japan does it right. They really do. Listen, y'all got to get on board that. And for vending machine cake, it was fucking awesome. But do you know what else I did, Kate? What did you do? Friends, your man's got, uh, actually, I'll talk about it more on next week's episode probably, but he's uh, he got a little something, a little something he's got to scribble down, a little something somebody asked for. So he's trying to jot a little something down, and on a Saturday... Uh, someone cute had to make a little, uh, stop at her job, put a little time in for a few hours. And I was like, well, I'll find, I'll find something to do, you know? And I was wandering around in, uh, kind of like the east side of Queen Street, a little east of Broadview area, you know, you know, it's a good, good spot down there. And I was wandering around and I didn't know it was starting to rain a little bit. And I was like, eh, this is kind of, it's kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And then I saw it. It was a Jimmy's coffee. Oh. And they had seats inside. And oh. I got a coffee and a, I got a flat white and a cookie. And I sat, Caitlin, I sat in a coffee shop and I wrote and I looked out the window and I watched autumn leaves blow across Queen Street. And it, and was, it was so fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. <laughs> two years, two years easy. Y'all, we talked at the time. About, you know, like, oh, introvert loves the lockdown. No, no. I like to be alone sometimes. I don't like to be in my house. I like to get out in these streets. I like to go to a library. I like to post up and scribble. I like to, I like to be that asshole who spends too much time in a coffee shop reading and scribbling and doing whatever. There's literally 
like maybe like three other things I like more than that. Market stores, someone cute, and I don't know. My, my, <laughs> I love how you even feel like you need to name them. And my family. That's that's the that's the three. Um, Man, I like writing in coffee shops way more than my family. <laughs> and I mean, was I a l- little concerned about? The lack of checking my vaccination status? Sure. <laughs> did it get a little busy in the, <laughs> did it get a little busy in there? A little bit. But I mean, and shouts to the dude who was sitting in like this is one of those spots that had like the the bit that kind of extends like you know those classic storefronts where the entrance is like kind of sunk in from the frontage of the windows. Yes. And you get little like bar seats in the window. My dude was in one of those, and he was there when I got there, and he was still there when I left. And I spent a long ass time there, so shouts to that dude. <sighs> but it just, there have been very few moments, still, even now, post-vaccine, where I have felt something resembling normal in this hellscape that we live in. And there were many times this weekend where it felt somewhat normal. <sighs> And it was nice. That's all I'm saying. It was nice, y'all. Friends, there is a few news items we're touching upon, some of which are old because we took last week off. So let's talk about those briefly. Um, The big two on those where I don't know what, I don't want to know what they were calling it. I feel like Netflix had one of their like geeked events or something. Their little like mini Netflix cons online. I think they were calling it the sound your Netflix makes when you turn it up. Like it was called like Netflix. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's what it was called. I don't know. I saw weird hashtags on it, but anyway, you will recall when the first images from the Netflix Cowboy Bebop dropped, I said, I got to see it in motion. Well, it's been in motion. We have now seen what is apparently the opening credit sequence for the Netflix Cowboy Bebop adaptation. Um, and I remain skeptical. Still looks kind of sound stagey to me. Um, I know I'm going to sound like that. You can't fucking win either way. But I mean, we learned from Zack Snyder Watchmen that religious adherence to the source material is not always great either. Um, So, I mean, it uses tank. It looks a lot like the anime opening. But even that said, there was the moment where they clearly redid the like stained glass window, vicious uh, spike standoff. And I was like... (gasps) (laughs) I'm not not immune, Kate. I'm not immune to these things. Um, And then nine showed up. But I mean, they're still out in these streets hollering, where's Ed? And I'm telling you, I'm telling y'all, you ain't gonna get her. They're either really holding it close to the vest and, or it's like a Easter egg at the end of the season or some shit. But like, you know, Ed by now, if Ed was going to be around, you'd know Ed. Mm -hmm. She's one of the main, she's, she's a crew member. So it's very possible this season might just use up, uh, you know, the pre-Ed kind of story. But, hey, we'll see. We remain cautiously optimistic. What did you think of it? Um, I thought that the intro reminded me, or I thought that maybe from what I could see of the clips, it might look a little like um, Sin City. Mm. And I don't know how that's going to sit with people. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think I think I'll enjoy it no matter what. I don't 
I watched the series in bits and pieces, oh, like forever ago. Um, I'm not like it's not one of my pillars, <laughs> so I'm fair, gonna have a much enough. easier time. Sorry, fair enough. Yeah, so I'm gonna have a much easier time. You know, whatever artistic um, <laughs> license they take or how they decide to um, have the show look, I'm going to be fine with. Um, now, I'm I'm wondering if I'm going to do a rewatch because Secret Correspondent Chris has never seen it. <gasps> I know. Um, in which case, I'm almost, the one thing I'm worried about is like, I'll see it, love it again. And now we'll be able to like pick apart the new series. Oh my god, this is terrible. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going back and forth on that one. If I, you have any suggestions, please let me know. <laughs> I don't know. Twitter.com slash geek.bot. Uh my thing is like so like, you know, it uses tank, the same song from the anime. It basically the like sliding panels, the sliding frames of the silhouette smoking, the guns firing in, in rhythm. All that's in the opening, and I legit watched it three times and read the comments, and I was like, is this a gag? Right. Because it was so close to the original, and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, Like, I appreciate that they use the same song. It's kind of... I can acknowledge that, like... I don't know. I don't know if it starts without Tank. Do you, like, immediately roll your eyes, or do you roll your eyes because it starts with Tank and go, like, you never be the enemy. Like, I'm trying... <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to be that guy, Caitlin, but I legit thought it was a gag. Right. I was like, oh, they just, this is some, this is some Easter egg they did for fans type of thing. Um, they, right. try, they tried and, to redo scenes from the anime. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, that will be the case or maybe that's, that's it. And it's going to be great. Or maybe it's going to be terrible. Like, I just, I don't want to like deep dive things. <laughs> Cause I'm like, look, it'll be what it'll be. Um, oh, I, will you be happy with it? No, I know you won't be happy with it. And not, that's not a mean thing. It's just when you love something so much right. and you know it off by heart, it's like when everyone keeps on telling me to watch the movie version of Pride and Prejudice, with Kira Knightley. And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> like 1995 version is so close. I even have nitpicks about the 1995 miniseries because I've read the book so many times. And I just, I know I'm not going to like it. So what's the point? <laughs> like I, yeah. Well, that drops next month, November 22nd, somewhere in there, I think. Oh my goodness. That drops on Netflix a scant month away. Another thing we got our first look at at Netflix was, <laughs> was our first footage from the Sandman adaptation. Another thing we never thought we'd see. Um mm -hmm. Got our first look at the, it's basically sort of a a few clips of the uh, ceremony that um, summons, well, was meant to summon death in the story, but summon dream instead. And we got our first look at Captain Cheekbones uh, as Morpheus. He looks good. I, I had my one nitpick where I was like, why does he have, I don't know, what's the white part of your eyes called? Why does he have that? <laughs> But I understand that it's probably too alien in a, in live action to have, like, mm. jet black eyes. That's really common. They do that a lot. They've done that for years. What? Black eyes? Yeah, the jet black, like, that's, I don't think that's a big deal. But, you know what? 
maybe there's reasons. Maybe we'll find out reasons. Maybe we're not seeing certain scenes. Listen, we'll see. You got Charles Dance, just Charles dancing it up. So, yes, no, always, no, always a good time. Nobody dances it up quite like Charles Dance. So, I mean, give me that. I just want to watch Tywin Lannister do donuts on whatever project he's in. So, give, give me that. Um, we also got some still images of uh, the Endless. Awesome, <laughs> all look good to me. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the supporting characters like uh, Lucifer and the Corinthian and such we have not seen yet, but uh, feeling good about it. Feeling good about what my original comics are going to sell for when this hits. <laughs> nice. Wee! Exciting. It's, it's already, cre- already creeping up, Kate. Mr. Malash sends me updates off of uh, the Comic Book Realm website. It's just like, we ready yet? We're going to wait. I'm like, oh, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. This shit's going to peak. You just wait. Uh, <laughs> our other homie put his roof on his house by selling Walking Dead comics. So, I mean, listen. It happens. Uh, other item of note, it is, well, it's wrapped now. New York City Comic Con just wrapped up. Uh, I had a glance at some of the headlines, and I believe there is one thing each of us wants to talk about. My thing is probably as much Caitlin's thing as it is my thing, but there's one thing that is more Caitlin's thing, so I will throw it to her right now. Caitlin. Yeah? What is Star Trek Prodigy? <laughs> so, Star Trek Prodigy was announced quite a while ago, like a slew of other Star Trek projects. Um, uh, It's a cartoon and it was going to have Captain Janeway in it. And they said Captain Janeway and the ship of like kids. Oh, it's that thing. Right. I saw saw some of the character designs for it. Yeah. And I was like, how, what? Like I couldn't figure (laughs) out how they were going to do this. And the trailer has come out come out so if you don't want spoilers about this you're gonna have to leave come back i don't know a couple minutes um so basically she's i'm guessing a hologram they find the ship somewhere these kids she's a hologram captain which makes sense the doctor was a famously a hologram um and i'm guessing she helps these kids become a real crew and explore whatever part of the galaxy they're in um and yeah it looks good animation's great i'm so excited that kate mulgrew has gone to be captain janeway again um yeah it just looks like a lot of fun so i'm i'm very excited um and i'm i didn't realize i was gonna they put out a trailer for it so that was exciting thing to do before the show that's it i'm done if you have come back and you're like is she spoiling things i'm not maybe look at me not spoil stuff maybe caitlin Maybe, maybe this show will be the key you've been waiting for, for so long. And maybe this show will get you a Janeway Funko Pop. Oh, don't, don't you dare. Don't you, don't you put that out there. Don't you dare. Don't you put that into the universe. The only other headline I saw from New York City Comic Con that I believe is, uh, I'm still processing it. Sure, Caitlin is as well. Y'all, it has been, I think, three years. Yes, 2018 was the last time an issue of Saga came out. Yeah. Issue issue 54. Mm-hmm. And in January of 2022, issue 55 will come out. And they are going to put it in fifth. And burn rubber 
for the next 54 issues and wrap this baby up. <sighs> this, was Sorry, an, I'll be fine. this was announced at uh, New York Comic Con, obviously. Said Brian K. Vaughn, uh, I can't quote, I can't thank readers and retailers enough for their patience, Vaughn said via news release. I think our next 54 issues will be even more shocking, strange, and spectacular than the first 54, so we can't wait to be back on the shelves at your local comic shop soon. They have also given us the cover, which has two new adults and a looks to be a eight or nine-year-old Hazel, perhaps, on the cover. Y'all, if you're new and you've never read Saga, I say this with all love. Pull your head out of your ass. Seriously. Just go read Saga. Yeah, they went on hiatus in 2018 so that uh, both Vaughn and Staples could, you know, kind of, you know, recoup their energies. And uh, Saga has a, is can be also intense emotionally, a read, as we all know. And mm-hmm. ended on a very emotional <laughs> note in issue 54. Um, so, I mean, what else can you say? Hooray. Thank you, God. Finally, so excited. Um, yeah, Saga is literally a book you can hand. Is there a person on Earth who does not like Saga? Have you ever come across anybody who's read Saga and was like, "Yeah, it was okay." Uh, no, I don't think I have. Probably not. And I've given it to quite a few people. You wouldn't want to be friends with them, even if they did. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I remember the thing I say to people at Saga is um, when I was working at. Um, the place we used to work at together. <laughs> um, uh, you and Kaim coming up to me, going, "Hey, they did a focus group of uh, <laughs> the best <laughs> of of a comic for you. They they did a whole focus group, and they came up with this uh, comic book called Saga." And I was like, "Oh!" And they had, and I was amazed that they went to all the trouble of getting a marketing team together and creating a focus group just to make me the perfect graphic novel. So. Uh, yes, in the briefest of points, um, there is a war. There are some wings on one side and some horns on the other. And a wing and a horn fall in love. Have a baby. Her name's Hazel. She's the first of her kind. By saying that, it sounds very tropey. What's, that's, that's some of the most tropiest shit in the world. But, like, where do you even begin with all the other shit, the world that they build in this book you have? And it's so, like, and you I have, think... You have a lion cat. You have a babysitter who's a ghost. You have a, a giant... With, with humo- her intestines with just a, floating out with there. With guts hanging out. You have a giant cyclops with humongous testicles. You have... You have a, a, a world that basically gets sucked into, like, a baby black hole. <laughs> and by baby black hole, I mean, like, it's a baby. You have Gus. And- <laughs> you, have little, <laughs> you have little baby harp seal Gus. Like, come on. Oh, Gus. And, and it has a George R. R. Martin-esque, uh, shall we say, regard for character death. Don't get too attached. Don't get too attached. Never get attached. People people drop in Saga all the time. Inclu- and it's always devastating. Always is. Sounds like a fun read, doesn't it? Get it at your local library. You got Hoopla? <laughs> download that shit and read it. I'm going to have to download and read it before issue 55 comes out because it's a big and it's a dense, it's a dense boy. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a chunky boy. I'm going to need to re-up Chunk. myself on all the uh, all the supporting characters. Well. As said before, your man was typing on something. 
which means he's got a deadline, which means he's got a hard out. So we should probably keep this moving and getting updates. Katie Mack. Updates are too extensive. You're just going to pick a couple highlights? I'm picking up a couple highlights. I'm also going to say that, um, so one of my very best friends in the entire world, Ren Handman, author, poet, lady extraordinaire, <laughs> um, she came for a visit. Mm-hmm. And I know you're like, oh, well, how long of a visit? Oh, five days. <laughs> and you're like, that's kind of short. And I'm like, uh-huh. Um, t- tickets are ridiculously cheap from Vancouver to Toronto at the moment. Mm. So he just came to say hi um which was amazing and you were talking about things that like felt normal we watched terrible movies we ate junk food uh and we dyed my hair uh teal teal so yeah so it was like being transported back to high school (laughs) um and we do this every time we see each other we watch like really terrible movies so i have got some choice selections for november crapathon and i am so excited. I can't wait. Um, so I'm not going to talk about those. Sorry? I said I can't wait. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 you wish you, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to talk about those in any detail. Um, I'm going to move along to basically there's not, there was nothing super new that I've watched. It's just sort of the same old, though I did finish all of the episodes of Law & Order on Amazon Prime. So I'm sorry, all of them. Well, they start at season. What do they start at season of? Don't have the old stuff, which is unfortunate because it's actually some of my favorite is the older stuff. Um, and I I watched way too much Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna admit that I, I've, I've watched way too much, but it's because I'm waiting for all the stuff to come out. There's like a new season of The Expanse coming out. I haven't even watched the last season. Oh god! I just didn't want to do that thing where I watched a season and then pined for it for like a year. <laughs> right. So I was like, I'll just wait. And so that that's going to be coming out. Um, there's I know Picard is coming and um, Cowboy Bebop and you know. I, anyways, there's just there's tons coming. So I'm like, well, what do I do? So what I did try and do is try and find other. Um, British and or uh, crime dramas. And I am having some trouble because I am right in between where I really like, I like uh, mysteries more than I like crime. And I like, I like how someone did something rather than like the gruesomeness of, of uh, a crime show. So it's trying to find that, that balance did not find anything. Again, any suggestions, please, please let me know. I'm always looking for something. Um, so really, I just, the, kind of the same old. I, you know, watched, um, oh, I did watch the Star Trek shorts. That is something I did watch. Um, they were fantastic. Star Trek so or Star Wars? So, sorry, I meant Star Wars. Visions. Sorry, Star Wars shorts. Visions. Um, yes, Visions. Um, some of them were really good. Some of them were okay. What's interesting, um, if I can just interject for a moment. So, yeah, of course. So you might know more about this than I do, but like there's a there's a book, a novel, a Star Wars novel coming out based around the first short, I think. It's okay. called Star Wars Ronin. I think it's that dude. It's a novel about mm-hmm. that dude. 
And I'm yeah. just kind of fascinated by the brand synergy here. Like, who came up with the story? Did somebody, like, did this author see the short, like, a year ago and wrote the novel? Like, kind of fanfic about it. I'm just, I'm just fascinated by the brand synergy there. It's clearly the dude. He's got the same marks on his face. Um, right. Weirdly, I've I've watched basically almost all Star Wars things out there. There's a couple <laughs> I haven't. I'm going to be honest. Like some of them like are are for children and really for children. Mm. And like we watched we even watched a couple of episodes of like the old droids TV show. Um and that was a hard watch, let me tell you. Um but I as far as novelizations and written stuff, not not really in my bag. I mean, I know there's a couple out there that are really good. Um but yeah, just not just not my thing. Um, but a lot of the stuff was an interesting take on Star Wars, and some of it was really, really good. And I'm like, I would like to know more. Because, um, yeah, when, I, when I, we talked about in the last episode, only I had seen a couple, and I said at the time mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was completely fan-fictioning it, if it was, or if there was, the stuff was, like, rooted in canonical lore or... I've still only seen the two that I saw uh, the first time, but. Um, those are some of the weaker ones. Okay. There are some, there are some really good ones. Um, I, I wish I could remember. I'm, I wish I could remember the name of one of them. Can I have a second to look it up? Sure. Radio magic. So there's one called the ninth Jedi. It was the fifth episode. It was so fucking good. <laughs> um, and it's set like way in the future which is which is nice because um you know that there's a lot of freedom in doing something like that Mm. um freedom which they could have used in the new trilogy but they didn't it's fine um anyway uh not better it was (laughs) it was really really well done it was fantastic it was really well written it added um aspects of some of the lore that already exists but just like sprinkles of it Mm. um yeah so it it was good and there were a couple others that were highlights um and some of them were just it was very fan fiction-y or i'm like how are they breathing in space (laughs) um you know that kind of thing so uh yeah but good watch if you like star wars or even if you just are really interested in animation it reminds me of the series um love death and robots Mm. Um, which I, I just recently, oh, that's something else I did watch. I watched, uh, an amazing, uh, it was like a Christmas-esque episode of Love, Death, and Robots from the new season. Um, I can't watch all of that because it's actually something that's like really, really soul crushing. So, uh, senior correspondent Chris has to like vet it for me <laughs> then be like, oh, you'll really like this episode. Um, anyways, so, uh, it reminds me of that. Um, or even back in the day when they had those Matrix animated shorts i don't know if yeah i can't remember what they were called but it it very like that and that every style is very different the stories they're telling are are very different but yeah good all around um and then of course just kept up with um uh the marvel oh come on help me (laughs) what if there you go hey help me uh you didn't just me i got i got a heart out i can't wait for it (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, what if, um, which I don't know if you've seen all of it, Jordan. I've seen none of it. I didn't know it was oh. like moving towards a, uh, oh. 
Okay. I didn't know they were connected, um, and it was moving I'm towards something. I'm not going to say anything then. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. But anyways, it's in, uh, I yeah, saw an that, ad. I saw an ad for it. It basically said yeah. that. Like, it was it was fine. But if you compare it to something like like Star Trek Lower Decks, like Lower Decks, the writing is fucking phenomenal. Like. From a middle of the road fan where I like, I know lore and I've seen a lot of it, but not like Chris, like I'm, it's just so well written. It's so Star Trek. It loves poking fun of itself, which I love. Um, The character growth is fantastic of a cartoon. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, it's a cartoon. Um, not that, you know, we know that that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but it's just so, so good. Even if you're not a fan of, of Star Trek, you don't know tons of, of, you know, what they're talking about. It doesn't matter. They're just so well-written and fun and funny. Um, and yeah, so like I have watched things here and there, but nothing that I want to go super in depth um, and not until Grabathon, that is, though. Anyways, so, yeah, that's that's me. All caught up. Um, myself, similarly, a lot of the same regulars. Um, Reservation Dogs and Only Murders in the Building are my two week-to-weeks. Um, Only Murders, I think, is about to wrap up. Um, Reservation Dogs, I am frustrated by waiting week-to-week. I'm probably going to end up <laughs> sailing for the remaining episodes because I'm tired of waiting. This is why I haven't watched any because I'm like I'm not I can't do week to week. Tired of this, tired, 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 Kate. I don't have that kind of strength, that kind of patience. Um, rare movie viewing with someone cute while I was out there. Oh, watched a movie called Place Beyond the Pines, which is a somewhat older movie. Um, Yeah, it tries to do a lot. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it, but it tries to do a lot. It's basically like five seasons of The Wire in two and a half hours. <laughs> okay. It's like the cycle of poverty and and the protection of the privileged and in Schenectady, New York. Schenectady has a lot of gang warfare, apparently. <laughs> huh. It's like it's like the cops are trying to get Bradley Cooper to lift all this coke from the evidence room. It's like, how much coke is there in Schenectady, New York? I did not know. I did not know they had it like that. Um, it, was, it was good. It's just, it's heavy. <laughs> it's, it's not a fun hang, but it was a it was a decent hang. And then you, I saw the director's name. I was like, what else did this guy do? Because it, there's so much going on. All these like top name actors are only in it for like 15 minutes. It was like, oh, Rose, <laughs> oh, Rose Byrne is here. Um, Ray Liotta's in it for like 15 minutes. It was like, well, how did they get, oh, this is, and the guy's name is like Derek Sianfrance, I think. And he did the movie I will never watch, which is Blue Valentine. You talk about things you never need to watch. That's a movie I never need to watch. That's the Ryan yep. Gosling and Michelle Williams relationship falling apart yep. movie, which I think came out as my relationship was falling apart. And I said, no, thank you. No, nope, don't need okay. that. You just go be, you just go be sad over there. And for the people who need to be sad, you <laughs> can gonna, be, we're going to put you in the sad corner. You can go in the sad corner. And when the people want to be sad, they can go over there and be sad. I don't want to be sad like that. So I'm gonna hang out over here. Um, still reading Harlem shuffle. When I have time, it's delightful. Finished the main campaign on the Spider-Man, uh, 2018 Spider-Man PS4 game. So I am now into the DLC, which is the stuff I have not played, which is kind mm. of a three episode, um, sort of gang warfare story. The first one focused on the black cat. And what I love about this is how you can wrap up 
this like super intense widescreen Sinister Six level. I just beat Doctor Octopus on the on the tower of Oscorp type of thing. And then the first mission in the DLC is stop these gangsters from running out with art from a museum. And it took me like seventeen fucking tries, Caitlin. Uh, that just sounds like a good time, Jordan. Why do you suck, Spider-Man? <laughs> I took down Dr. Octopus like it was nothing. Fucking flinging debris back at his face midair, blah, blah, blah. No, stop that dude running out with a painting. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> Couldn't catch him. Fuck. Uh, what else was out there that I watched? Only other interesting thing maybe I will mention, and I forgot about it until... I don't know what you were talking about, but it jogged my memory. Uh, something I've watched. Uh, I've watched all of it, and I've talked about it off and on. Over the years is the uh, adaptation, the Netflix adaptation of the film Dear White People, which throughout its ah, yes. fourth volume uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess it would have been the week we took off, uh, that came out, and I watched all of it. It's only about half an hour. Um, this has been just a story about the predominantly uh, black and Latinx dormitory on a very swanky, uh, mostly white Ivy League college. And focused initially, anyway, around this radio show that one of the students um, has called Dear White People, which said a lot of things that it's almost interesting to think about how much has happened in the past, like, four or five years or whatever, where, like, the stuff Mm -hmm. that Dear White People talked about then is so much more in the consciousness now. It makes Dear White People seem kind of (laughs) cute. Like, Right. um, It's a show that doesn't always know what it wants to be it feels like because it veers off in very odd directions there's a time jump in this season where they're looking back on their fourth year there is a pandemic which apparently was written into the show before the pandemic hit um that's weird but very insightful yeah and another thing they did was they made it a 90s musical so you know what (laughs) you know what yeah go ahead you want to throw virtual insanity at a gun range i'm with it it was and it's got such a very like specific um you know aesthetic of song selection like when they first break out into song it's a uh, oh what the hell's it called round and round i think it was called by Tevin Campbell it was the moment when somebody started singing rub you the right way by Johnny Gill and i was like yes yes to all of this <laughs> all of that give Johnny Gill his flowers um also speaking of giving people flowers i've been on an Aaliyah kick lately musically there was a great episode of the uh podcast 60 songs that explain the 90s on one in a million by Aaliyah, which also was used as a as a reason to celebrate her arrival to streaming Aaliyah's music has not been on streaming until very recently for a number of reasons um uncle allegedly her uncle controlled the estate and always said that like out of respect for his sister Aaliyah's mother he didn't he always denied requests to put it on streaming because her mother didn't want to like Hear Leah's voice. Didn't want her voice right. out there. Didn't want the music out there. How you can argue with that? Um, but apparently things have changed, and now Leah's music is out there. And holy shit, give Timbaland all his flowers now. That dude. Friends, I'm, do you a favor right now. Pause this. Go listen to More Than a Woman by Aaliyah, and then come back to me. That song goes so fucking hard, and it's been like, you know, 20-odd years since it came out. Uh, still goes as hard as it did then Aaliyah tragically passed away in a plane crash at the age of 22 which oh my god when she passed I was probably 24 and you went wow that's really sad and then 20 years later you go holy shit she was a actual baby that's even yeah. worse so yes rest in peace baby girl I'm not being patriarchal that was her actual nickname 
Um, what's interesting, and I said this to someone cute, the interesting age thing is like whenever I do the bit when we take a break and I do the been a long time shouldn't have left you, I'm making yep. an Eric B and Rakeem reference. You're making an Aaliyah reference because you always go step two, step, step, step two. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I do it. And I just think that's interesting that for me, it's an Eric B and Rakeem influence. But for you, it's, uh, it's Aaliyah. It's all day Aaliyah. So respect to her. Go listen to that podcast. Go listen to her music. Um, and I think that's it. Aside from the thing we're going to talk about in the back half. So we should probably put a pin right here. We, we should, because I'm, I'm really itching to talk about it. And when we come back, we're going to be the last podcast on earth to talk about squid game. <laughs> the discourse is too but fast. At least, but we're, we're actually, but we're still talking about it, which is for us. I mean, <laughs> usually it'd be like good. a year from now. <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. The fact that we're talking about squid game a week late instead of six months late is that's, that's actually, that's a plus for us. So yeah, <laughs> we'll take a yeah, break, it is. take a break right here. And when we come back, we'll get into it after the break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other this week. As we mentioned, it is Squid Game. Bye. Before we get into it, we have some rules, which I'm going to go through very quickly because I really want to talk about this. And I want us to have time to talk about it. <laughs> so the first rule is the rule of three, which is the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them. So the thing itself gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. This has been, this did not need that because it knew what it was and it was like, um, I've got tentacles. And, <laughs> uh, and like it just, it, it knew straight out the gate, but also I think we have both watched more than three episodes. Yes. Um, Second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We will not talk about the thing we are watching before we are sitting in front of these microphones so that you guys get the hottest of takes. For once, we're like close to it being hot takes. I mean, it's hot takes because we haven't talked about it. <laughs> but it's usually, and it's it, a warm thing. Yeah, it's, so a, it's, it's like a warm thing. It's usually, yeah. it's usually hot takes about old, about cold things because they're old, yeah. but... No, hot no but about, we. But this is like this is like hot and spicy. It's so a, like room temperature. Be careful. Hot takes on yeah. room temperature items. Um, third rule is that there will be spoilers, and because I believe Jordan has finished it all, and mm. I am up to I finished episode six, we're going to probably go in quite far. So if you have not watched any of it, I would suggest actually for once, actually leaving. Usually I'm like, eh, whatever spoilers, but this is a very like. Yeah, if you, if you have been seeing this in the discourse, and I'm sure you have, and you have the least bit of curiosity, and you don't want to know anything about it, there will be some spoilery elements here, so you should bounce. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, with that out of the way. Uh, so it is officially spoopy season, and I guess this is spoopy adjacent in a way. Um, this is very spoopy. It's not even spoopy adjacent. <laughs> okay. Um, I technically brought this in, so I will do the breakdown for those of you who have been under a literal rock and did not see it, anything, or have not seen anything about this show, and then we're, and you're hanging for the conversation just so you can understand why everybody is in a green uh, tracksuit and white vans this Halloween. <laughs> 
Listen, the outfits alone, I was like, well, that's Halloween. That's uh, everything. You can see all of it this Halloween. Mm-hmm. Squid Game, which I will not try to pronounce in Korean. <laughs> it's a South Korean survival drama television series streaming on Netflix, written and directed by Huang Dong Hyuk. It stars Lee Jung Jae, Park Hai Soo, Wee Ha Jun, Jung Ho Yeon, Oh Young Soo, Hyo Sung Tae, Anupam Tripathi, and Kim Joo Ryong. The series, distributed by Netflix, was released worldwide on September 17th, 2021. The series centers on a contest where 456 players drawn from different walks of life, but each deeply in debt, play a set of children's games with deadly penalties for losing the chance to win a 45 billion won prize. That is about 37 million U.S. dollars. Uh, Hwang had conceived of the idea based on his own economic struggles early in life, as well as the class disparity within South Korea. Though initially scripted in 2008, Hwang had been unable to find a production to support the script until Netflix around 2019 found interest as part of their drive to expand their foreign programming offerings. Hwang wrote and directed all nine episodes himself. Squid Game generally received positive reviews. Within a week of its release, it became one of Netflix's most-watched programs in several regional markets. That is underselling it. We are talking about a show that has been streamed so much in South Korea. A broadband provider has sued Netflix for the demand on their service. Uh, yeah, the, the actress who plays uh, the character Kansai Byuk, whose name is Jung Ho Young, we're talking... Millions of new Instagram followers. She's got like 13 million now in like two weeks. That's what we're talking about here. This was her first acting role. She had been a model beforehand. It's obvious. Uh, not from the, I'm talking about like her face, not like her acting ability. It's obvious because oh, oh, you see her yeah. face and you go, oh, damn. Um, and yeah. it's now like, you know, beloved by Western, um, you know, hype beasts and pop culture blogs. That's the level of popularity we are talking about here. So it it behooved us to check out this show. Here is your more detailed overview of the premise. Seong Gi-hoon. Oh, and just sort of sort of shout out to um, We Had Jun, who was also in Love is a Bonus Book. Oh, yes. And have to shout out. He was the guy who I was like, you know, that guy you're always like, why is she not into that guy? <laughs> um, and that was the guy. The guy who's not a jerk, who she should be with. He played that dude yes. in Love is a Bonus who, Book. Who made like book cover art, which is like not a career. But anyways, <laughs> not, it's a cra- it's a K-drama. It's fine. Not just for books. I'm sure he had other graphic design jobs, but... Mm, okay. <laughs> Seong Gi-hoon, a divorced and indebted chauffeur, 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 that's a word, is invited to play a series of children's games for a chance at a large cash prize. Accepting the offer, he is taken to an unknown location and finds himself among 455 other players, all with similar large debts. The players are kept under watch at all times by mass guards in red jumpsuits, with the games overseen by the front man. The players soon discover that losing in these games results in their death, with each death adding 100 million won to the potential 45-6 billion grand prize. Gihun allies with other players, including his childhood friend Cho Seng Wu, to try and survive the physical and psychological twists of the games. If you've never seen Battle Royal or Hunger Games, this probably blew your fucking mind. If you have seen those shows, which I have, and I'm sure Caitlin has as well, you kind of went, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And as it went along, you kind of went, okay. Oh. Um, we'll get into details in a moment, but we should probably start the same way we always start. I watched the whole thing. Kate, you're up to episode six. We like this, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. 
Go on. <laughs> um, just to bounce off what you were saying about specifically Battle Royale, um, Hunger Games. Hunger Games is like the neutered version of Battle Royale. <laughs> um, and there's much more like, you know, as you get into the rest of the series of Hunger Games, there's, you know, retribution and there's a much bigger fight. Whereas Battle Royale is literally just teenagers murdering them, <laughs> murdering each other. Yeah, Y'all, if you're, unfam- um, if you're unfamiliar, sorry, Battle Royale is like a 2000 era, <laughs> turn of the century era movie from Japan about, you know, some... To keep the kids in line, some dystopian movie about where to keep the kids in line every year a uh, graduating, or is it even graduating, or is it like is it 12th grade or like 10th grade? I can't remember what grade it was, but. I think it's, they're a little bit older, but yeah. A I class, can't it's graduating. A class, yeah, a class gets picked for the game, and the game is where they all go, they all get kidnapped off to this island, and it's like, okay, kill each other. <laughs> Last man standing. Yes. You have, if you have Fortnite, you know, you have this movie to thank for Fortnite. Like that whole idea is, was from this novel and game. And it was basically, I was saying this morning, actually, I was talking to somebody at Major Canadian Retailer. Like the first, like half hour of Battle Royale, I could probably watch over and over again. It's so well done. The whole setup as these kids realize what's happening, but also it's tongue in cheek is like, it's a really fine line to walk. Uh, The movie never really made its way to America for until years afterwards because it was released the same year as Columbine and a movie with teenagers and high school students killing each other was not going to play in America that Mm -mm. year. Um, despite how tongue in cheek it might've been. So the survival last man standing premise had been out there before and battle royale was also also pretty uh, gruesome. It should be said as well. yeah, gruesome, and also the the element which um, there wasn't as really as much of in um, the Hunger Games was the element of them knowing each other. Yes, and could and being friends, and could you do it? Yes, um, which this had much more of. Mm. I, I mean, I know someone's gonna t- be upset and be like, "Well, they did have that one thing in you know Hunger Games," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, I know the two people from the 13th district fall in love, blah, blah, blah. But, and, but anyways, there's, (laughs) there's this element of, of exploring humanity and the darkness and the light of humanity, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you might say. Um, What I did not expect was episode two. So episode one was pretty by rote. Thank you. Uh, Go off. Did not, did did not expect episode two. Like I was sure that old man was going to vote them in. And when he was like, no, everyone can go. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had the exact same reaction. The first episode is fine. It sets up the visual look of the show, which it should be said is very good. The way they use color, the way the cinematography is used, the sort of, you know, Escher uh, staircase that they walk through to go to the games. The whole scene, if you watched it in Korean, you you know, the song that statue sings. The first game they play is Red Light, Green Light. You all know it. You all played it as a kid. It's basically, if you're caught moving, uh, machine guns on the side shoot you down. <laughs> um, yeah. And the song. I've heard that song remixed and made into trap beats. And, like, that, that, thing, that song itself has gone viral. That first episode was fine. And then you get to the second episode and everybody is freaked the fuck out, obviously. Um, 
because I think like half the people got killed in that one game. Yeah. And the like one of these guys in the pink suits start rattling off the uh, you know the clauses that they signed in the contract that you know forfeited their bodies or you know whatever, and then you know your smart boy, your business boy, uh, supporting character, childhood friend of our chauffeur main character mentions another clause which says if a majority votes to stop the game the game stops and then they have this like vote standoff and there's an old man there he's the player one they're mostly just referred to by their player numbers um until later in the series but he gets to the last one and yeah like kate said the obvious thing is like oh he's got a tumor growing in his head he's you know he's got a terminal brain condition he's gonna vote um to keep playing and you think that's coming but he votes no and the show pulls a lost and sends them all back so you can see the circumstances of all their lives that led them to that point Mm -hmm. and how there's a line i think the old man says maybe it's his friend that the hell out here is worse than the hell in there right um, like the suffering, the level of suffering of being impoverished um, or whatever the situation is, is so bad that death doesn't actually look that bad. So you can see Which is just the chauffeur. Really yeah, the chauffeur is like his wife remarried and they're trying to take his daughter to America. And then his mother is really, um, you know, is diabetic, I think, or is contract, yes, contracts yeah. diabetes. So she's not going to have all these hospital bills. Um, he like, he's a, has a gambling, his condition didn't start from his gambling problem, but he clearly has a gambling problem. Um, he was, a he worked in an auto plant, which was a real event. Apparently this strike at an auto plant where like somebody died. Mm -hmm. Um, they used that historical event to position him. Um, his friend, the business boy that he can't go five minutes without talking about (laughs) Hey, you know him? He went to whatever school. Um, He's got all these like embezzlement charges and the cops are after him for white collar crimes and things like that. The pickpocket is a North Korean defector and she was trying to get her family out and the broker stole all her money and fled to China type of thing. So now she's out all her money and needs money to get her family out and her brother's in an orphanage. Um, Ali, who again, kudos to that international market. You have something for everybody. Uh, Ali is Pakistani, but fluent in Korean. He's working there for money. He's getting held up by his boss and ends up assaulting him. And <laughs> I initially, someone cute had been like, I heard it's gross and like gory. So maybe I won't watch it. And I was like, it's not that gory. I'm also desensitized, but I mean, like there's a few headshots. That's not, that's not gory. And then Ali's boss's hand went through the compactor and I went, Oh, Oh yeah, that's gross. that was that was gross. Um, so now he's on the run. He's basically told his his family like, "You got to go like now. I'll follow, but get yeah." The, get and the just hell out. like, just because we're, yeah, we're just on this. Um, so the actor Anupam Tripathi, mm-hmm. um, like the director's talking about the casting, and he was like, he wanted a little bit more diversity. But there aren't a lot of foreigners who are who speak Korean and who are actors. <laughs> this gentleman came to South Korea, learned the language, and wanted to become an actor. And he was like, "It's this weird." Like he's like, "That does not happen that often." Um, I mean, that dude's lightning in a bottle. He's like, "Yes, he's 
He's a fantastic addition to the cast. I don't know what happens in episode six, so I don't want to talk too loose, but are you mad about anything where you're at? Um, no, I'm not mad. I just, I'm, I mean. Put it like this. Did they play marbles yet? Yes. That was devastating. Fuck. (laughs) Actually, senior correspondent Chris couldn't watch it anymore with me because he's like, I don't know how you have the, like, emotional resilience. Um... And I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe um, I'm a sociopath. <laughs> no, um, I just, yeah, there were some devastating. I was more devastated about the two young women mm. um, than I was about the old man. Um, because yeah, so they've have they done? They did tug of war by that point, right? Yeah, so they did tug of war. Yes, where they all have to team up. They have to form teams. And yeah. so then a later game, they're told you have to pair up it's for teams of two and everybody pairs up thinking they're going to be playing each other as teams when it's really one-on-one situation. Yeah. They're so playing against each other. Pick somebody you're close with and somebody you respect, but now one of you is going and like, at the end of it. The, the, the husband and wife that was uh, like, uh. that was awful. Like just that real It's the realization, right? It's all those realizations. And the you know when they they one team knows that it's going to be tug of war and they don't want any women um and like there's resentment in some teams that have women because they're like oh we need them to be str- like we need stronger people mm-hmm. um that's really interesting um you know when <laughs> they have that all out like they start killing each other. That was because they realize it doesn't like that was that was wild. I'm just like the murdering of that woman. Like we don't even know who she is, but she's just in one of the bunks. She's like the first one to get murdered. Um, Basically, was, in like the fourth episode yeah. or something, there's like a. It, well, it almost gave me a headache. I'm old now, so I can't take that. But it's like <laughs> the organizers deliberately plant the seed that like we won't stop you if you kill each other overnight. Um, yeah, like they get they get the same amount of money. Yeah. If they die there or if they die in a game, same yeah. amount of money. The money still gets added. So yeah. they basically cut the lights or like start a strobe light. They start this strobe light in there and it's just like for like 15 minutes, it's this scene of them just like all like the the more sociopathic elements of the players just going off and like attacking and killing anyone they can. Mm-hmm. Um and it's nuts. And I don't know that I've seen anything like that in you know, my, my popular escapist entertainment. Um, yeah, it would like, there was, there are some moments that are really dark though. The interesting thing um, was the uh, Cho Sang Wu. Who's the like business guy. Mm-hmm. They're two and eight, two, 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 18. Um, like sh- at first with the, um, oh, what's the, you know, the treat, the, the sugar, the thing. sugar cookie game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Dalgona. Sure. Um, that, it's called Dalgona. Um, you know, when he doesn't tell them about the shapes, um, that's, you're sort of like, okay, what's he, the guy knows what it's going to be. What's this, what's his game? Why has he done this to them? He does seem relieved, though, when they survive. And then when he tricks... Yep. um, When he tricks Abdul, 
like that was like what the fuck i'm like oh he's fucking see having money fucking messes your brain up (laughs) makes you sociopathic um that was that was really hard um the old man was sad because like you know they were they were friends and but he is dying and going senile it seems um Though then when he wasn't, I was like, was he playing him? Like, I was confused by that. Right. And then, but the two ladies, was that was the heartbreaker in the last episode. Yeah, where she's um, just like the, the supporting, the, the later arrival, the girl you haven't really seen until like episode five. Um, yeah. Shows- and it was nice because they were both like, they were both kind of dark and like didn't talk a lot. <laughs> Like, I thought that was really funny. I mean, the one who died was a little more bubbly I mean, um, later on. And it's interesting because even the red shirts get, like, something to them, you know? Yeah. Like, you know that the guy, you know, the, the people you have not seen before who joined the tug-of-war team, well, they're probably not long for this world, but they each get a little something. Like, the one guy is super churchy. Yeah. Um, the other girl is the, like, you know, <laughs> in a standoffish a with a with the pickpocket sort of thing. And just comes down to like, you know, she hands her marbles over and is like, you actually have something to go back for. Like, yeah, I don't. And that sucks. I wish I did. <laughs> but this is where we find ourselves. Um, yeah. So I'm also hedging my conversations and we can revisit it after you've seen everything, because I think most of my criticisms come with the latter episodes. Um, okay. The only thing like the, the whole that I think it was necessary to have some sort of other subplot. Um, to sort of pop yeah, you she, out of that. And we, the, we didn't even talk the, about that yet, but no, the police officer. I mean, I just like looking at his face. I'm oh going to just admit yeah, it. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> but we had you. He's really cute. Um, but I also like just that intensity of like, he's trying to figure out what happened to his brother. And I don't understand. I think I got distracted and I don't understand. He found his brother but it's from a game like ages ago, mm. like in two two thousand and two or something. Yes, that I didn't understand. Um, so that, I'm like, what's going? And the whole Sorry. body organ farming subplot where they're like, some yeah. some of the guards are like going off book and like sneaking corpses out to farm organs is like that's gross well it's a it's a big problem <laughs> organ farming um i mean they touched on that um but yeah that there's some of uh, that stuff which is really fucking messed up um yeah anyway so i will say i will give you this one this one critique it does not uh it does not spoil anything for the ultimate end of the show there okay. are some uh there are some audience members who show up later the vips maybe they've been mentioned right. at this point yes um and they continue that uh, glorious tradition of Korean productions of English-speaking actors who are terrible and just oh, God. throw you. Well, this game looks fun. Wait, what's he doing? Oh, no. Don't. Oh, that's too bad. And every time, like, so when there's like a episode devoted to them mostly, but it's like, uh, okay. We didn't need this. I can fast forward. You I'm going to fast forward. You can. It's, we know not, that. it's not super relevant to the plot. There's like one side thing with the cop involved with them. But I mean, that's right. as far as the game itself, you don't need to be in it. I thought that dragged it down. And uh, yeah, there's one thing I'll need to scream about after 
one humorous thing I'll need to scream about after you finish the series. But, okay. um, so yeah, I mean, even for having seen a lot of the, you know, types of things that preceded this, similar things that preceded this, um, I can't, I'm giving it a lot of credit for just the way it captured the zeitgeist. Like, God damn, can you imagine mm-hmm. if we were watching this last year instead of Tiger King? Like, we'd been losing our minds. Like, <laughs> like it really... I still have never seen Tiger King, just uh, you know, Like, listen, uh, I'm sure there are many things I should, like, you know, revisit from uh, <laughs> the shit I've said on this show that I should revisit. My, uh, my slack-jawed wonder at Tiger King in the early days of the pandemic is probably something I need to take back. Um, mm-hmm. But Tiger King 2 will be out before you know it. Ugh, no one asked for that. This, the way this has captured the zeitgeist in ways that I like never would have expected. Um, like the fucking cast was playing like schoolyard games on Fallon the other night. Like that's, that's where we're at right now. Like they're on right for, for a Korean show. Which is so good. Cause we've known how good Korean things are for so long. And Korean people have known how good they are for so long. <laughs> Korean people it's just really nice. That everybody gets to enjoy the Korean things that are made. So, I mean, for me, I can let go of some of the things I got to the end and was like, huh, mm, eh, mm, um, about the final episodes and it's still give it like a nine. It's one of the, like being swept up in it. I give credit for being swept up in it in the same way that everyone else was being swept up in it. There's something to be said for that when you're like, we do it for the discourse, right? And sometimes being part of the discourse is, you know, fun as a production though. I still, I still think it's worth a nine. Uh, yeah, right where I'm at. Definitely, definitely a nine. Um, yeah, they're just, even some of the side scenes are, are well done and yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I've also been terrified and terrorized and that's (laughs) kind of what you want out of a spoopy TV show. I will say that, you know, any, any of the things I'm saying about like the finale, the conclusions of the games themselves, the resolution of the games. I had no problem with. Yeah. It was like stuff that happened after. Um, in, okay. the, in the denouement, shall we say. Um, that I was like, eh, mm, maybe not. That seems sus. And uh, like, I think about stuff that's similar that's American. And I'm just like, man, they've done it. So-. Like, what's that? The Purge? Mm, right, I'm right, like, right. I would watch this like, who would not want to watch this more than The Purge? Right? Like, and I mean, it's also like, I've seen like all these think pieces about like, you know, is debt really that bad in South Korea? Yes. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl, it is. <laughs> Sorry. I went up several octaves you did. because yes, it is. <laughs> Caitlin is stunned. You would think it isn't. Uh, yeah. It's like nothing to get a loan in. They just hand them out like nothing. And you end well, up with people with ridiculous levels of debt. I think they should close down all money marts like or any of those like they're they are a scourge debt is a scourge and the reason we need we have to have debt is because we can't afford to do any of the things that will lead to you know our survival in this society it's it is evil that really is when you think about it that's the moral that is the moral debt, debt 
debt is the evil thing. It's pay, not the rich people. You can pay down watching your cre- people kill each other for sport. You can pay back your credit card completely, but that means your utilization ratio is off, which means your credit score goes down. Capitalism is fake. Yeah, that's the lesson, yo. Capitalism is fake. Capitalism is fake. Also, cute little piggy bank on the. Uh, I was going to say, tallying also, up the uh, all the all the death money. Also, I love I loved that it was a pig. I got to see one person in in that costume. Just a, a a pig with like just money strapped to them. No, listen, there, there are better Squid Game costumes in there. Don't don't just throw on a you know green jumpsuit. Don't give me the pink coveralls with the with the fencing mask or whatever. I want to see the statue. I want to see the girl statue. <laughs> I want to see. Yep. I want to see the staircase. I was just about to say, can we get someone doing the staircase? How do we do that? Somebody be the staircase. Somebody be a sugar cookie with an umbrella cut out of it. Like that's what. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, just their umbrella, their their umbrella part, it, like the the holdy part, the handle is broken. It's broken, and they put put a little like, you know, headshot on their forehead, like you know, get creative with it, y'all. Don't just don't just go buy a puma jumpsuit and, and like leave it at that. I do love a puma jumpsuit, but I mean, for Halloween, you can get a little better than that. Anyway, that is on your Netflixes. If you haven't watched it yet, you're one of the six people left who haven't, and that's fine. You don't have to watch it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But, no, if you don't like that this is not your lane of spooky, that's fine. I can't take horror movies. Can I watch people murder each other for money? <laughs> Apparently. Absolutely. We're going to find out what else Caitlin can get into next week because spooky season rolls on, y'all, and it's Kate's pick. If you got any- <gasps> And I know exactly what I'm going to pick, and I'm so excited. Ooh, it's been well, years. I've wanted to do this for years. Oh, my, oh my God. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to find out what it is. Friends, if you have suggestions for spooky season... Hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. We would love to hear them and find something new. Remember, no gore, no horror movies. Supernatural. No, gore is fine. You make no sense. I will never understand this, but. Gore is fine. I can't do torture and I can't do like. You can't do jump jump scares. So if two people are walking down a street and go, oh my God, a dead body. And then the camera pans over and it's just exposed guts on the street. Totally fine. That you you are such a weirdo. You're amazing. <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see what Caitlin will bring me for next week. I hope y'all will join us for it, friends. Thank you so much for spending an hour and change of your time with us every week in these uncertain times. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us ne- next week for another fabulous but spooky episode of the Geek Down Podcast. It's because we eat zoodles and craft dinner as children. <laughs> the air gives me acid reflux. <laughs> I breathe too much without a mask on. I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh, my uh, lungs. Burns. My throat. It burns. It burns. <laughs>